0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com/donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaykum. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alamin wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala al-Mubarak rahmatan lil alamin Muhammadin وَعَلَىٰ آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَمَنْ تَبِعَهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ وبع. We always commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of creation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless his entire household, all his family members. May Allah bless all his companions. May he bless every single one of us and grant us offspring who will be the coolness of our eyes. And may he protect us all. Brothers, before I commence, may I ask the brothers to fill in the gaps that are in front of them in order to make space for those who may come slightly (coughs) later. Alhamdulillah, the fadl of Allah, the gift of Allah upon us is that He has given us our limbs and organs. Every one of us, mashallah, we have our fingers, our hands, our eyes, our ears, the mouths, the noses, everything we have. Most of us take it for granted. We haven't ever sat and actually thought about... How big a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is. Sometimes those who might have suffered perhaps loss of a limb or an organ, they might know a little bit more of its value. Like they say, ask the one who cannot see the value of eyes. Ask the one who cannot speak the value of the voice. Today we speak, we don't even realize that the precise voice that I have is unique completely unique. My voice is known. Even if someone might be similar to me in voice, but never the same. This is the gift of Allah. Like the iris print that we have, or the thumb print that we have, completely and totally unique from the beginning of creation right to the end. No two people shall have exactly the same, but very similar. Amazingly, even in animals, it is the same. This is the creature of Allah. This is the creation of Allah. Show me what those besides Allah have created. That is what Allah is saying. This is the creation of Allah. Did you know the giraffes, the leopards, the zebras, the cheetahs, all of them have a unique design that was never ever repeated on another of the same species. Never ever. Amazing. Now, this is just an introduction. I'd like to today look into two of the faculties that Allah has given us, the hearing and the speech. These two are of utmost importance. Allah has given us the ability to speak and He's given us the ability to hear. Did you know that sometimes those who are born deaf, they cannot speak because they have never heard how to speak. They don't know what to say. They might be able to make a noise from their mouths but they don't know exactly how to utter words. So the two are very, very closely linked. You hear and you repeat. When someone says, Allah, you say, Allah, after them. A little child, we get excited. You know, everyone calls the relatives, come, come, come and see the little baby saying, Allah, MashaAllah. What a beautiful excitement. We ask Allah to make us from those who appreciate this gift of Allah. But we don't realize that part of showing gratitude to Allah, you know, people say, you must be thankful for your ears. Be thankful for your mouth, the fact that you can speak. Be thankful. Thank Allah. How do you thank Allah? There are many ways. One might say, you know, if they are to present a holistic answer, that just obey the commands of Allah and abstain from prohibitions. But there is a specific way of thanking Allah for the gift of your ears. And that is, do not allow your ears to listen to that which is in the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not allow yourself to listen to that which is in the displeasure of allah you are fulfilling the rights of the ears and remember the organs are all connected because you hear you can speak when you hear your brain processes whatever you've heard your brain is affected by what you hear and thereafter your brain becomes tuned to a specific train of thought and after that that is you as a person. When something happens, you think that way. Because you were trained to think that way by what you allowed yourself to hear, subhanallah. This sometimes might sound complex. But wallahi, if you pause for a moment and think, you will come to realize and understand. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about the hearing. He says, Indeed the hearing, the faculty of hearing And the faculty of sight And even the thoughts of the heart Allah is going to question a person regarding them Now one might say, well I walked outside And someone was blasting their music so loudly It was not my fault well, the reality is it all depends on how your mind and brain processed what you heard. That is what it depends on. For example, a bad thought comes into your mind or heart. How did you process it? Did you try and eradicate it as soon as possible by following the Quranic injunction of saying, rajim"? May Allah protect me from the devil, the whispers of the devil. And did you sideline it? If that is the case, you will be asked about it and it will be found that you have engaged in a good deed. What is a good deed? A good deed is to expel the bad thoughts that come within your heart or mind as soon as possible. That's a good deed. So when you've heard something involuntary without your doing, without you wanting to hear it, how did you process it? That is a very, very important question. Did you allow it to affect you or did you quickly you know, throw it aside and ignore it, or perhaps ask Allah's protection from such. The reason why Allah has given so much importance to the ears is because, oh man, you need to realize your obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also very closely connected to what you hear. This is why importance has been given to select good friends and to have good company, those who will constantly tell you what is right, and those who will constantly say words that will help your thought process. It will help the way you process whatever comes through your ears. Let me give you a few examples. If you are sitting in the midst of people who have negative thoughts, their negative thoughts are shown in two main ways, their actions and their words. So when they speak and you were positive, but you are in their company and you constantly hear them thinking negative, If they were to tell you, you see the uncle sitting there, sorry, I'm pointing at the wall, don't worry. You see the uncle sitting there, he is a very bad person. But you knew him to be good. You heard him saying bad. So in your mind, the first time you heard it, you processed it and you said, excuse this guy. You might have said, no man, I have seen a lot of good from him. He says, no, you don't know. So that's the second statement that came through. Your mind is processing it. Then the next time you see him, he says, you see that uncle there is a very bad person. And you say, but you know what? I didn't see that. And he says, you don't know. That's the second time. The third time he tells you, you see that uncle there is a very bad person. You will be quiet. You allowed yourself to hear it. And you did not respond. Why did you continue in this person's company who wants to engage in backbiting? That is called backbiting. If you have a problem with the uncle, the reality is you go to him and you say, Look, uncle, I have an issue with you. And this is what it is. A lot of us are not men. Let's be honest. We don't have the guts. Wallahi, it's a fact of life. We are literally going so far back that you have an issue with someone and you live your whole life not realizing it was never an issue besides in your brain. No guts to go and say, Look, brother, why did this happen? And he will probably give you such a beautiful answer to explain that really there was nothing going on. And then you start scratching your head and saying, Hey, luckily I spoke to him. A lot of us don't have the guts. We prefer, because of the way our processing system has developed over time, we prefer to just believe hearsay. So now when you hear it for the tenth time by two or three different people, watch out for this uncle, he's a bad man. You know, The first part of the statement might be slightly more acceptable than the second. Because to watch out for people, that is very, very important. You need to be careful. That's the meaning of it. But sometimes, what will happen? There will come a time when if you have allowed yourself to listen to the statement so many times, you believe it, and automatically it comes onto your tongue. So now when you see your friend, you tell your friend, you see that uncle there, be careful of him, he's a very bad man. (laughs) But where did you get it from? You got it in such a way that the first time you heard it, you did not believe it. The second time you heard it, you did not believe it. But because you allowed your ears to process something that was really incorrect without clarifying it, you began to believe it and you became a promoter of it. And when you promoted it, you don't even realize, how did I promote it? Now it gets to the third person. He might tell you first time, no, no, no. You know what? I know him as a good man. You will answer the same answer. We are tuned as though we are computers without even realizing because our brains are far more sophisticated. So you say, no, you don't know. I've heard a lot about this uncle. You've only heard. Have you ever seen? Have you ever dealt? If you have a problem, have you ever gone to resolve it? A true mu'min is he who does not allow a problem to remain up to the evening. Firstly, start with your spouse. If you have a problem with your spouse, your family members, You should not, as a true believer, allow yourself to see the evening when you are reclining on your bed without cleansing your heart. Sort the matter out. What is it? Come on, have a big heart. You forgive or they forgive. It depends. But you need to sort the matter out. Or you need to change or they need to change. So that is when it comes to family members. But even it seeps through to the entire Muslim ummah. We are not supposed to believe in grudge or misunderstanding or something... You know, detrimental to our hearts, within the heart, for the evening. Because by tomorrow morning it is multiplied. Someone might see a dream, a nightmare, and say, You see, I had a dream, it confirmed it. But that dream perhaps was from Satan or the devil. And we start believing it, and we start thinking, Yes, that uncle is very bad, because... So many people told me and I actually had a dream which confirms the same. What saint, which saint are you that your dreams are suddenly so acceptable as a revelation of Allah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us goodness. So when we allow ourselves to listen to that which is unacceptable and we do not distance ourselves from it very strongly, we over a short period of time begin to believe what we've heard. Like I said... Allah has given lots of importance. Let's take a look at one example. At the time of Rasulullah in fact, two examples. The kuffar, they used to know that when people listen to the message of Muhammad wasallam once, twice, three times, five times, they are turning to Islam. When they listen to the Qur'an once, they want to listen to it again. When they listen to it again, they want to listen to it a third time. By that time, they say, this is right. We've never come across such goodness. Up to today, when people listen to the truth about Islam and their questions are answered, you will find that they become interested. They are keen. They will listen to lecture after lecture. It has a magnetism with spirituality. That's what it has. So now, the kuffar, what did they say? In the Quran, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, وقال الذين كفروا لا تسمعوا لهذا القران والغوف فيه لعلكم تغلبون clearly the kufar used to say do not listen to this quran at all don't listen to it and make a noise whilst it is being recited so that you will be victorious you will overcome the others Now, look, they were sharp, intelligent people. They knew the power of the faculty of hearing. When you hear the truth once or anything, once, twice, thrice, depending on how your mind processes it, you begin to turn towards it. So they're saying, don't listen to it. And if it happens to be recited, whilst you are perhaps passing without your doing, make a noise so that you cannot hear it and others cannot hear it. Why? So that you can become victorious. Allahu Akbar. So this is on one side and this is one angle of it where you find the kuffar are actually telling the, their comrades not to listen to the truth. Up to today, people may say, don't listen to this man, don't listen to that man, you know, this and that. Those type of statements, you need to process it correctly in your mind. Allah has given you a brain between those two ears. You know, there is an English saying, there is something that I heard of late. Where it speaks of how wide the space is between your ears Subhanallah So sometimes when a person is not intelligent They say, well you know what The space between his ears is not wide enough What they mean is his brain is small May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to respect one another It might sound respectful but it's very derogatory So if you take a look at the kuffar and their intelligence And then you take a look at On the other hand, subhanallah The Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has definitely kept such a power in the truth that when people process the statements of the Qur'an, when people process the statements of the Qur'an and the truth, they realize, they surrender to it and they understand it and they go towards it. Like take a look at the example of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu and Najashi and the others who heard a few good words and they accept it. Then we have another example in the Qur'an, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that whenever you hear people, whenever you hear people, let's, let's hear the verse, Allah says, بها بها And Allah says, Amazing verse. Whenever you hear people making a mockery of the Qur'an or what is right, the verses of Allah or the signs of Allah or uttering words of blaspheme or sin, something sinful, Allah says in the Qur'an that distance yourselves from them immediately, go away. Do not sit with them and do not listen to them. Two things. This is what Allah says in the Qur'an, the verse that I've just read before you. So Allah says, why? If you are going to sit with them, you will be exactly like them. And then the verse ends, Allah says, He will gather the disbelievers and the hypocrites together in Jahannam. إِنَّ al جَامِعُ wal kafirin fi jahannam jamia. Allah says, He will gather the hypocrites and the disbelievers. Why hypocrites? Because a person might be upright, but when they allow themselves to interact and to mix with those who are at that moment uttering words that are blasphemous, words that are sinful, words that are derogatory, then what will happen? Automatically, they will be affected by it at some stage. They become affected by it. You know, if you've heard something bad, and as we said, you reacted in the correct way by perhaps responding positively or telling them, don't say this and you are wrong, after that you walk away. You go away and you do not want to listen to that again. The Qur'an says, if you are going to sit with them again, it will affect you in a way you become like them. My beloved brothers and sisters, something we need to know. Whether it is within our homes, whether it is in our workplace or at our workplace, whether it is on a community level or an international level, whatever we allow ourselves to hear constantly, we begin to believe it. So if you think someone is bad, perhaps it is not because they are bad, but because you've heard so much that they are bad, yet they might be a better person than the one who carried the tale to you? If you've heard that this person is astray, sometimes people label people, you know, this person is this and that person is that. This is the weakness of man. Your faculty of hearing is a gift from Allah. The responsibility that you and I have regarding the ears is to make sure you thoroughly vet the information that you have got and you make sure that it passes the process that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught. One might ask, what is the process? Question number one. When you hear something, ask yourself, is it a good piece of news or a bad one? Which means talking about someone else, is it good or bad? If it is a good piece of news, inshallah, you may accept it, because it can only enhance the goodness. Someone says, that man is a really good person. Say, alhamdulillah, mashallah. May Allah bless him and bless us. Good way of making dua. If it is not a good piece of news, ask yourself, Does it concern me directly? If it doesn't concern you, kick it out, rule it out. You need to admonish the person who's come to you with that information and tell them what you've said is bad, it does not concern us, and it constitutes backbiting. If you don't have the guts to say that, you are not yet a strong believer. May Allah protect us. So you need to say, you need to make an utterance because that is your test. That is. Passing the test. You say, look, brother, it does not concern us, it is something bad, and at the same time it constitutes ghiba, which is a very, very great crime that perhaps is worse than adultery, according to some narrations. So that is the first step. If it does concern you, the next step is: are you prepared to clarify it and find out first hand? If not, then subhanallah you have no right to just accept information from someone who's coming to you and giving you that information, especially. In today's world. In today's world, we have such a great disease, and this is something we all need to know, that even if a person who is outwardly pious comes to us with news, sometimes the news that they have got is from a person who is not pious. And because they did not process the information that came to them, they believed it. When you believe it, what happens? You relate it. When they related it, you and I believed it because we thought this man is pious and he's speaking about another person. So perhaps he might be speaking the truth, not realizing that he's actually telling a lie because he's just relating the story of another liar whom he did not recognize. So the hadith says, What an amazing hadith. It can interpret in several ways. Let me translate it in one of the ways. It is enough to be considered lies from a person that he repeats everything he hears. Did you hear that? It is enough to be considered lies from a person that he repeats everything that he hears. Because if I were to repeat everything I hear, and you are to repeat everything you hear, part of what I've heard is lies. So that means I'm a liar now because, although I might be an honest person in my own statements, but in my repetition, I'm not honest, because the people who came with the statements that I did not vet thoroughly, I just repeated them. And this is how people are being oppressed across the globe. I want to end off with one statement, and that is, my brothers and sisters, we pay for what we hear, and we pay for what we utter. We pay. Sometimes that price is very, very heavy. So make sure that we ask Allah's forgiveness and make sure that the payment that we are going to make is something really that will be in our favor and not something that will be to our detriment. You know, when you hit, when you throw a ball onto a wall, it comes back to you. The harder you throw it, the harder it hits you back. So remember, when you have wronged someone because of what you've heard and processed wrongly and uttered, it hits a wall and it comes back. When it comes back, we ask Allah that it does not hit us in the way that we drop, but rather we mend our ways. Before that happens, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. I hope we've learned a thing or two. wa wa baraka ala Muhammad.